0: Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Niemeyer. The mission of Student of Money is to connect listeners like you to a community of like-minded individuals to help you achieve your goal of financial freedom through entrepreneurship, investing, real estate, and personal development. This is episode 46. All right, guys, we don't have a guest on the show this week. I thought we needed to take a look at what's going on in the world. We've had quite a few interviews out there, and I think it's time to do an update on what's going on in the market. So I haven't bought anything for six months. The last property I purchased was in December. And of course, we know that the Federal Reserve has continued to increase interest rates. They've met, Ten times and they've raised the interest rates each time. So this June, they're supposed to be taking potentially a pause, although I believe they may possibly raise it another quarter because they haven't gotten the interest rates down to their target of 2% yet, but they may have a pause. But interest rates today for the commercial loans that I get—I just talked to my banker yesterday—and he sent me an email saying if he had to quote something today, it would be at seven and a quarter percent. What I closed on in December was six and three quarters, and the majority of my mortgages that I have on my investment properties are sitting at about four and a quarter right now and they're not going to adjust for another two to three years. So, as you can see, interest rates have really ticked up and there's a huge lag when this happens. There's usually a six to 18 month lag as these interest rates raise and we're starting to see signs in the economy that things are starting to give. There's been a lot of stuff going on in the news that I wanted to cover and talk about because there's really been this big discrepancy between the sellers and the buyers. So it's really been hard to find a deal for the last six months that really penned out and cash flowed because, as you know, I'm a cash flow in- investor. I do not invest for capital gains or appreciation. I invest strictly on cash flow. So, and it's really been hard to find a good deal. And we found a few, but they get snapped up right away. Uh, Matter of fact, uh, I've been working with some uh, students of mine, and we've been looking, looking, and they're like, we just can't find a deal. And luckily, one of my students just got a purchase agreement accepted for four duplexes and I think he's offering uh, I believe it's 169 for a duplex and again that's Iowa prices so and he's actually gonna buy four of them so kudos for him congratulations Uh, I'm glad that we were able to get him across the line and find a deal in today's market but again he's paying about six and a quarter percent interest rate which is relatively speaking, for the last 10 years, has been high. I remember the first house I purchased back in 1995. We actually, my interest rate on that house was nine and a quarter. So we're still not up to those rates yet. But, and I do expect them to continue to climb, even though the Federal Reserve is supposed to have a pause. We'll see if that happens. We'll talk about that probably either next time or the podcast after that so but there are cracks that are starting to show up out there in the world and I just wanted to bring them to your attention because if you're not following it you may not know what's going on out there so the first one and the most recent one is there's two hotels owned by the same REIT in San Francisco and just one of these properties was evaluated and purchased for over a billion dollars back in 2016. And it has a $725 million mortgage with Wells Fargo. And the owners of that property have decided to let that go into default, And they are going to give it back to Wells Fargo, the lender, and let it fail and go back to the bank. And this is a property that they have tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars invested in that they have decided that the market in San Francisco is simply too soft. And this particular hotel, it's the Hilton Union Square, has 1,921 rooms in it. It's one of the largest hotels outside of Las Vegas. And the owners have decided to let this go back to the bank, which is again, as Wells as Fargo. That is not a good sign. They have a second property that has over a 1,000 rooms, 1,024 in downtown San Francisco, and they're gonna let that go back to the bank. So this REIT has really taken a hit and they've decided that it's better for them to get out of the San Francisco real estate market than to try to save these, and they're going to take this loss and just write this write this properties off and give them back. Okay, so that is a huge red flag, and it's not the only property in San Francisco, which of course is California. Wells Fargo itself actually owns a building for $60 million. They're gonna take a $60 million loss on a building that they own that they use for office space because, as you know, people just aren't simply going back to the office. It's a 13-story office tower in downtown San Francisco that was purchased for $108 million back in 2016. So they're going to let this thing go as well and they're going to do a sale and they're going to eat $60 million. Again, this is Wells Fargo. So, the conditions in the marketplace are not looking good, especially for commercial office space properties. But commercial office space is not the only market. It's going to start hitting the multifamily apartment complex market, which really excites me because there's going to be opportunities out there and there's already. Uh, There's already businesses and syndicators out there that are starting to go down. The biggest one was just published in the Wall Street Journal. And uh, I believe it was in May, May 24th, there was an article about a Dallas company and Apple's Way Investment Group, which actually is fairly new. It's not that old. They have over 7,000 units valued at over $500 million. Now let that sink in. 7,000 units, over a half a billion dollars in assets that are all going down. I tried going out to these guys' websites, and guess what? Their website's down. And their Facebook's down, their LinkedIn pages are all down. And these are guys that follow the same circle that I do, that listen to Grant Cordone, listen to a bunch of other of the big name gurus out there, and they are going under. They've only been in business since 2016, 2017. They blew up quick. And now guess what? They're failing because what do most of these syndicators promise their investors? A quick turnaround, a high return, typically 20, 18, 20, 24% returns. And those returns that they're promising to their investors are all based off of them selling the profit, selling these businesses for a profit in typically a five, six, seven year, maybe a 10 year time frame. And in the past it hasn't been an issue because these markets have all exploded and by them simply owning the building and doing absolutely nothing, they are, the market has increased the value of these properties. And I'm here to tell you, those days are over. They're not going to happen. These people are now stuck with having to refinance their properties at almost twice their interest rates and they're simply upside down. The ones that are surviving are asking their investors for cash calls to put money back in so that they can buy down their mortgages because when they go to refinance, these interest rates are so high, they're upside down. They don't cash flow. They actually have to ask their investors to put more money in to salvage the property, to save it from bankruptcy. And the worst part of this is, is this syndicator, this general partner, never notified their limited partners or their investors that they were going to lose all of their investments. They were silent. And to me, that's the saddest part. You see, when a property goes down and I've had it happen, you have to communicate to the investors. You have to let them know what's going on and you can't leave them in the dark because as far as they know, the property's running fine, their investments are fine. The reality is, is they're not. They're going under. And there's going to be a huge opportunity in the future to pick these properties up for a fair market value, but at a reduced rate from what these pie-in-the-sky numbers were just a few years ago. And I think these sellers are starting to realize this, and prices are going to start to come down and start to realign, and there's going to be some opportunities out there to pick them up at realistic prices with these higher interest rates. And if you follow my cash flow investing thesis, you're going to be okay because we now invest for Cash flow. We do not invest for capital gains or appreciation, right? There's four types of ways you make your money with real estate. The first one is, yeah, sometimes it does appreciate, but you don't count on it. The second one is depreciation, which is a phantom expense that we use to not pay taxes. The third one is amortization. You're paying off your mortgage, both principal and interest over time, so you continue to build up equity over the property over time. And the fourth one, of course, and the most important is cash flow. The properties have to cash flow. The majority of these syndicators that have these target IRRs that I'm constantly being bombarded by on social media, we've got a target IRR, which is internal rate of return of 18% in three years. Those days are over, guys. Don't fall for it. It's not going to happen. You need to be prepared to be locked into these properties for six, seven, even ten years before you really start to think about Exiting out. But what we do is we don't exit out. We want to hold these indefinitely, and we want an infinite return model where we're going to return our investors money in five to ten years through a refinance. And if you can't, you simply just have to hold on. I call it the velocity of money. If you invest a hundred thousand dollars into one of our multifamily properties. We use all four appreciation, depreciation, amortization and cash flow to get that $100,000 back to you, maybe in five years, six, seven, eight, maybe nine or 10. But if we get that back to you in 10 years, not through selling, just giving back tax-free money, your initial investment, that is a 10% cash on cash return on your investment, but you still have ownership in the property. And from there on forwards, it's an infinite return model because you've gotten your original contribution back and you can take that money and reinvest it in another deal. So you've gotten a 10% cash on cash and your IRR is actually infinite because now you've gotten all of your money back and that is how we invest and what I call our legacy fund where you continue to build wealth and to create wealth over and over and over again because we don't like to pay taxes here at Student of Money we like to continue to build assets create cash flow tax-free wealth over the long term that's how we do it here okay so don't get suckered in to these promises of a target IRR because guys it's just not going to happen that way the market is shifted and now I'm seeing nothing but opportunity there's going to be all of these financially distressed properties that are going to be upside down that we're going to go out and be able to buy at a very low price and when those interest rates do turn around we're gonna be able to refinance, pull out that cash, pay back our investors, and continue to cash flow that property for the life of the property and create a true legacy of financial freedom. So, what's the moral of the story? There's gonna be a lot of distressed, financially distressed, not physically distressed, financially distressed properties, and this gap between buyers and sellers is gonna start to close And there's going to be deals out there, and when there's blood in the water, that's when you go in, right? So you don't follow the crowd. You do the opposite of what the crowd is doing. So that is how you make your money. You make your money on the buy and not the sell. Key point. I'm going to say it again. You make your money on the buy and not the sell. That's how we do it right here at Student of Money, all right? So we're going to continue to follow the market. We're going to continue to see what's going on out there. And I will continue to give you these nuggets of information. So if you're a real estate investor, if you're thinking about real estate, if you're thinking about starting a business or being an entrepreneur and you want financial freedom, then make sure you hit click, subscribe, hit the like button, go out to our website at www.studentofmoney.org. Subscribe to our newsletter. And if you're in Eastern Iowa, attend our monthly events at the Cedar Rapids Public Library, typically the third Sunday of each month. All right, so that's all I've got. Nice and short. We've got some more interviews lined up in the future, but when something like this is going on in the marketplace, I wanna get out there and talk to you and let you know on what's going on and what I see and where the opportunities are in the near future. All right, that's all I've got. See you next week and I'll talk to you soon. All right. And for those of you still sticking around, if you live in eastern Iowa and you bank at Viridian Credit Union and you're a member of the credit union, make sure you vote June 20th to July 20th for their board of directors. I'm a candidate for their associate board of directors position for 2023. Less than one half of one percent of the membership actually voted last year. And I think we need to get that number higher. We need to make sure that your vote counts for being a member of Veridian Credit Union because you are voting for the people and the directors that are in charge of running your credit union. So make sure your vote counts. Get out there and vote June 20th to July 20th. Viridian Credit Union members, go check out my information on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jeff Niemeyer 2023. Talk to you soon.